0: you're listening to the enoughness revolution a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential i'm your host enoughness coach and women's leadership mentor megan hale join me every monday and thursday as i talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true live brave and become our biggest champion along the way it's time to revolutionize the way you live love work, and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. morning Monday, sisters, and welcome to the first week of May. If you have been following the Enoughness Revolution for a while now, you know that May is a huge month for me. Not only is it the last month before I, I become a mom, <laughs> but I have also just debuted the Fierce Women Masterclass, which has been a beautiful collaborative project that I've worked on for the past four months with seven other just phenomenal women to help you step up into your own personal leadership and become the leader your dreams have been wanting you to be. So I would love for you to go and check out the course it's at Fierce Masterclass.com. We are waiting with open arms to help you step up into your personal leadership. It is a phenomenal, high value packed course I can promise you that I'm so excited to be speaking to our next guest today which is Hillary Rubin she's a spiritual life and business coach a mentor for coaches the creator of art of becoming a coach training program and the podcast the art of business for coaches She helps women around the world create lasting change and live more deliberately, and she's on a mission to spread the message that coaching is one of the most rewarding, transformational, and profitable careers to have, which I totally agree, although I'm absolutely biased. (laughs) Her clients say the best thing about working with her is knowing that she has their back, even when they don't have their own, and that she's a cross between a spiritual guide, an ass kicker, and a marketing genius that brings out the best in them. Hillary has been featured in the LA Times, Yoga Journal, TheDailyWorth.com, and was the February 2014 Cover Girl and Feature for Inspired Coach magazine put out by the lovely Julie Parker, who will be joining us soon on the podcast. Now, one of the things that I really want to make sure that you know about Hillary is that she's putting on this amazing free challenge. May 9th through May 13th. It's called the Breakthrough to Coaching Experience. You can learn more about it at BreakthroughToCoachingExperience.com. And the thing that makes this challenge unique is that she's brought on a guest expert every single day to dive into the specific topic. And the one thing that she's brought on are absolutely phenomenal. You just have to go and check it out. BreakthroughToCoachingExperience.com. So day one, you're going to be talking about Curiosity with Lisa Fabrega. Day two, you're gonna be talking about courage with Kelly Lynn Adams. Day three, you're gonna be talking about commitment with Amanda Steinberg. Day four, you're gonna be talking about creativity with McKenna Johnston. And day five, you're gonna be talking about confidence with Rebecca Dixon. I'm sure you recognize a lot of these names. As three of these women have been on the podcast, or will be on the podcast soon. So definitely go and check out this challenge. I think you're gonna pick up a lot of powerful tools from our conversation today. If you've been considering coaching as a potential career path, or just have a curiosity for it, definitely go and experience the challenge, experience Hillary; she's a phenomenal, phenomenal mentor. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation today. Here's Hillary. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. I'm so excited to have my guest Hillary Rubin here with me. Hillary, thank you for being here.
1: You're welcome. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited too. You know, we connected a few weeks ago. We had a, a fabulous conversation. I'm so excited to dive into Enoughness with you and personal leadership and how we own our power as women. Woo!
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so let's start with um, <clears throat> let's start with the term Enoughness. And what that, what that brings up for you. Uh,
1: That's a great question. And the enoughness and it's something I know as a coach is something that I deal with as well with my clients and, you know, being enough, having enough, doing enough, you know, it's a constant, um, it's just like this constant little bugger that shows up. (laughs) And I know for me, um it, it it was a lot harder in the beginning of my life not feeling like I was enough or I wasn't as good as like yeah. being enough was more of like I'm it was more about comparison is that I'm not good as someone else right they're better than I am okay. so that's what what it would be more of for me or how it would play out and you know at these these things for me it's like It's not so much of me not being enough, but it's more around having enough, right? Mm -hmm. Is it enough money? Is it enough clients? Is it enough of the kind of business that I'm doing? You know, it's really in a, it's taken a different form than it being around myself. Not that, again, I'm the common denominator, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? With all the things that I interact with or experience, I'm the one that's doing it. So. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of it for me is on um, there are moments where I'm like, there could be more, right. Yes. And I, and, and like, I could have more, there could be more, there's more I could be doing and there's more I could have or, yeah.
0: Yeah. So and I love that you talk kind of about cool. the evolution because the evolution is so crucial. I'm at, Cause I think enoughness does show up in different ways in different um, times mm-hmm. of our lives. Depending on our yeah. personal growth, depending on like our entrepreneurial growth, for instance. Mm-hmm.
2: And you bring mm-hmm. up a
0: really excellent point about this comparison. I would actually love to dive into this concept with you particularly, because I know that so many of us struggle comparing ourselves to others. I mean, especially when we're just getting started as an entrepreneur or even just as a woman. Um as a mom, even. I'm getting stuck mm-hmm. in looking at how are we doing in relation to others? What are some of the tips that you have found helpful in decreasing that, that cycle or that pattern for you?
1: Well, for me, it's being able to love and forgive the part of me that does compare mm-hmm. as opposed to beating it up. That's a big practice that I do. Yeah. And Um, I did a whole challenge around love and forgiveness. Um. And so instead of feeling bad about like, you know, the comparing thing and, Mm -hmm. oh, there I am again doing that. And I got to fix this. Mm -hmm. It's being able to love and forgive the part of me that compares. And, you know, that is something that we do. And a lot of the comparison I find comes from competition
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, is, you know, it's a little bit of competition energy and so when you can love and forgive the part of you that compares you to others, um, then at least you can allow yourself to have it. So you're not in resistance of it anymore because yeah. the resistance is what makes it harder. And then understanding that there is no way to compare ourselves to anyone. And, and we all know this, you know I mean? I don't feel like anyone doesn't know it. It's just a reminder. And when yeah. you're caught in comparing just seeing where it's coming from. Is it envy? Is it jealousy? You know, envy mm-hmm. means you just want what someone has. Mm-hmm. Jealousy means you don't want that person to have the thing that you want. <laughs> so it's very different. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's easy to look at what other people are doing and thinking that they have it easy. Um, the whole thing is this, if Facebook had a shadow the shadow would not look like what we see yeah. in social media. And I always joke about that is, you know, your your Facebook updates or your vision boards and the things that we want to create and have in our life. And on the other side of it is the stuff that we have to grow through. And sometimes comparison might just be a healthy thing that you're like growing through. And the main thing I believe is to compare yourself to yourself like where were you before how far have you come and again this isn't new information those of you that are listening to this you know this it's really a reminder to know that you're doing the best that you can and looking at other people's stuff and comparing thinking that you want to have what they have just know that there's a lot of things that people are experiencing that you don't know about and to remember that they have their shit, too. I hope it's okay yeah. that I said that. <laughs> and, and and that if you did really have everything that someone else had, it may be really horrible because it's not something that you're meant to have happen, right? Mm-hmm. Our struggles and our challenges are perfectly um, designed for us to experience for our own growth. Yeah. So just that is one of the things that I find is reminding ourselves that we can look at what someone else has in the entrepreneurial world and go, Oh my God, isn't that great? I wish I had that. And that's all right. It's just that know that what goes on behind the scenes, not everybody talks about it. And most people don't. Um, And so everything, everybody has their, their challenges and their stuff that comes up. We're all human. I love Uh, that's the biggest thing I always talk about that. Like all coaches are human um all of us are human and that's something that i teach my you know in my coach training program mm-hmm. our first module that we do is all coaches are human because a lot of us what happens with the comparison is also the fraud i'm yeah. not enough i don't know enough i don't know the answers right to go back to the enoughness yeah. so who am i to help this person
0: yes Yes. And I think, you know, you bring up a really beautiful piece about this is that we have a tendency to almost romanticize um, what Mm -hmm. someone's life must be like based on the things that we're seeing. And we oftentimes forget that we're not seeing the whole picture. We're just seeing just a smidgen. And there's like a, I can't remember who said this, but it's almost like, you know, if we threw all of our problems into a big heap with everybody else's, we usually just go and pick back our own because at least we know, you know, what those are like. But I think oftentimes we forget that other, like everyone is dealing with things, um, whether we're seeing Mm -hmm. them or not. And so I think it is kind of dangerous for us to um, forget the human quality of people based on just what we're seeing online, for instance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I love that you talk about being human as a coach, because I think, I mean, I can even speak to this just, you know, back in my therapist days, a feeling like I had to have it all together. I had to have all the answers. And mm-hmm. if I didn't, then who was I to be helping people, when it's not about mm-hmm. at all? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is nobody knows all the answers. No right. one does. <laughs> a doctor doesn't know, a lawyer doesn't know, but they know where to look it up or who to ask. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, um, and I hear it a lot of the times, um the whole imposter, the imposter, whatever, if you feel like you're an imposter, you feel like you're a fraud, or you feel like mm-hmm. someone's going to figure you out, the, the question is, is, are you being honest with yourself and with who you are? And that's like the big thing right now. Everyone talks about branding yourself and being authentic. And, you know, I feel like the big thing is just being comfortable in your skin. People want to feel comfortable in their skin. They want to feel good about who they are. And when we compare ourselves, just know that it doesn't feel good. And when you get that feeling in your stomach that you're comparing and listen, I've done it because I look at my mentors or I look at people that I'm like, "Oh, I want to be where they are and um, and have what they have, and you know it's very normal and it can be motivation and just be clear is when you're if it's motivating you, then it's going to feel good it's going to be like, whoa, I'm inspired, yes. but if it's not, it's going to feel bad, and that tuning into going, this doesn't feel good is that is a clue to I'm comparing myself. I'm putting myself down. You know, I'm I'm getting in. That would be getting in your own way. Is you're invalidating yourself overall.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that pattern is so big that t- like, it takes us away from our power. Anything that takes us away from our authenticity or feels mm-hmm. like we're not good enough as we are takes us mm-hmm. into a disempowered state. And it's so hard to create. Um, you know, the growth and momentum that we're really wanting for ourselves in our lives when we're working from this disempowered place. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the having a grip on comparison and being able to really talk about, well, is it helpful? Does it feel good? Or is this something that's kind of like self-sabotaging myself? (laughs) Is a really great question to ask. And the natural step that comes after that, that I think a lot of people miss is if it doesn't feel good, then stop engaging in the thing that doesn't feel good. I think sometimes we feel like, um, I mean, I, I can speak for myself, like this shouldn't be bothering me so much. And mm-hmm. I feel like I should like muscle through it versus just setting a healthy boundary for myself and letting that be mm-hmm.
1: okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's a
1: process of growth and development, you know, I mean, I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So it, it evolves and it changes, you know, and I'm a mom. Yeah. So as a new mom, you know, it, it's like, there's so many different things that come up. And, um, you know, so it's like, not like, but if when you can honor your evolution of who you are, and you're on this path, and I'm sure everyone that's listening to this, you're on this path of your own personal development. It's knowing that there's nothing broken, nothing to be fixed, and really the self validation Uh, is important to validate even when you do catch yourself that you did a good job comparing yourself, you know, and that's a trick. It's a little bit of a mind trick. It's like, oh, I'm doing a really good job pitying on myself. I'm doing a really good job, you know, like validating myself for comparing myself and being the best comparer, (laughs) you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So it brings a little bit of amusement and it's less serious. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and I, and I, again, it's it, not to sound like Pollyanna. I mean, it's more of, it's a process and we're in this human condition and we are miracles and we, you know, all of the stuff that we read and we learn about and personal development and all that is true until, but yet is it true for us at what point? And then you want to find really what define what it means to you. You know, like you asked me the question of like, when I say this enoughness, what does it bring up for you? Yeah. Well, then you get to define it. And, and that's one of the most powerful things is that we can define what things are for us mm-hmm. and define who we are as human beings and what our values are, and what's important to us and understand that underneath that, um, there are people who raised us, there are people who've said things to us and there's different imprints that come up that when they come up, it's a great opportunity to go, oh, well, it's coming up so I can release it. I don't have to obsess for it. And I feel that we get stuck in obsessing over it for a lot of different reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's, that's a very, very good point. <laughs> um, instead of just releasing it and, and allowing it to teach us and grow us. I think sometimes we, we want it to not just not exist or we freak out because it's happening in the first place versus allowing it to just do what it needs to do, mm-hmm. um, feel our feelings and uh, allow it to just move out of us, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for you and your own personal story, you know, you, you have such a beautiful creation of leading other coaches right now. And I know at mm-hmm. some point you there was a part of your journey that you had to step up into your own leadership first, um, to really know that this was what you were here to do. And mm-hmm. I'd love to know more about your journey of standing into your personal leadership. Yeah.
1: So for me, um, for my personal leadership, like where I can hang out with uncertainty
2: Mm -hmm. is
1: in my career. You know, we all have certain needs. Um, Tony Robbins talks about it, right? Certainty, uncertainty, significance. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, what is the other one? Like he has, um, see, here we go. I can't remember. And now (laughs) I'm going to look it up. Yeah. (laughs) So see, look at, I'm human, right? The six human needs that he talks about, which again is not something he created, but we have certainty, we have uncertainty, variety, significance, connection, love, growth and contribution. But I really wanna hang out with the idea of uncertainty because being able to live with a certain level of uncertainty I find really allows us to step up to our leadership because we wanna have control. All of us wanna have control of life and that's a big thing. And I know for me, the control thing's huge. And what we have control of our thoughts, you know, we do have control of our actions. We have control of certain things, but then there's a lot of things we don't. And so for me, uncertainty is I'm comfortable with uncertainty in my business in my professional life and the kind of my, my art, you know, it's never been my work. It's been my art. And so for me, I had a really challenging upbringing, Mm. divorced parents. Um, I was originally adopted, divorced parents, my brother physically abused me, mm. he was a drug dealer, like it was not your typical Jewish upbringing, and I went off into the fashion world, and I first found my stepping into my power um, was really getting into fashion, was stepping mm. into my creativity, so my escape was empowering at the time, because I was running away, and um, then I got hit with a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, which spun me out. And then I went on a healing journey and worked with over a hundred healers and started to see that there was a mind body connection, Mm. um, that my power was in my thoughts, was in my actions, like what I could control, right? I didn't have to believe what certain people said. I would end up in a wheelchair. And I basically with my own will and my own belief Um, was there was this huge uncertainty. However, I knew that I could change my eating, I could change my mind, I could get into doing yoga and healing and all that, which then opened me up to a whole world of personal development. Mm -hmm. And realizing that I'm not my past and I'm not the accumulation of my experiences necessarily that are negative, that they help me to learn and grow. However, it doesn't mean that that's a prison sentence and that's who I am. I'm not defined by that. So that was really huge for me. And so stepping into that and leaving the fashion world and then becoming a yoga teacher and going into that world was really empowering for me and stepping into my leadership because I changed my career, right? I started over after having a 10-year stint doing a yoga teacher training and moving from New York to Los Angeles. And and I, I studied yoga for six years before I, I taught I went into a training and I really tuned into my strengths Mm -hmm. and my abilities and my capabilities. And when I did the strength finder 2.0, it is a big, um, a test that I love. Mm -hmm. It's not a deep test. However, it's a really powerful test for me. And I use it in my coach training program as well, because it's just a really good, it's good food for your ego and it's good food to understand what you're good at and what you're not and it was a lot of validation Mm -hmm. of like oh wow the things that people used to criticize me for are actually my strengths yeah and so it it turned it around for me and so that allowed me to get into my leadership was because I was in a leadership of my life and the kind of work I wanted to do in the world and what really fed me Mm -hmm. um and my personality and everything uh and then the yoga teaching I did for 10 years and then I found a mentor and she transitioned from dancing to coaching. And I was like, I want to coach.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: that was when I did a training program an online program, but I didn't do a coach training program. And I went, I want to help people more deeply. So every step I took was just going deeper into who I was and Mm -hmm. finding really my calling. And yes, this may, this is going to evolve in my life. I know it's evolving already for me Mm
2: -hmm. to become
1: a coach trainer And so in 2012, I mean, I was coaching from, I think I started coaching, I mean, I started coaching way back when I was teaching yoga, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, in in 2002 and all that. But then around 2008, nine is when it started to shift. And I started to teach yoga and do coaching. And I just stepped into what using the culmination of my own life experiences, my skills, my strengths. And uh, what I understood of my own personal development, and I started to see patterns that were happening with people, and I just moved into coaching. And I did it on the side, and I evolved into it, leveraged what I had, and then realized when people started coming to me and asking me about how I became a coach, then I was... Thought to myself well, maybe I could coach people and I did some interviews and I was scared because who am I? I didn't finish college. Um, I deal with dyslexia, whatever. Whatever is my shit. I wasn't enough. Who am I to teach people you know how to coach. And um, I really just stepped into my power. I had someone interview me how I did it, and then I started to put a system together. I asked for help. I stepped yeah. in my power. asking somebody for help for Mm. something that they were good at to help me and they were they were good at looking at sequencing and helping me to see what I did because the truth is what we do easily that we that people are in awe of we don't even realize their steps that we took and it was a huge eye-opener of like oh wait there is a system there is a process there Mm. and I got the help to put it together and create the program that I now have today, the art of becoming a coach. And then I transitioned into mentoring coaches and all that. But I held back for a long time um, doing business coaching and everything because I just was like, that's not who I am. I wasn't yeah. ready to step into it. And sometimes it takes a little bit to step into it. I know when I even buy shoes, Uh, some shoes I don't wear for a little while. And then I start wearing them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yes. You know, realistically. So, you know, at this point, as I'm mentoring coaches and training coaches and letting there be an evolution, it's been pretty cool. And now I'm stepping into more of this leadership role of teaching my system of coaching a little bit more than I have. I held back on that because I wanted people to see that within them, they have a system. And within them, they can coach without having somebody give them a structure. Because as a yoga teacher, I was certified.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
1: had to be in a box. And I wanted to do things a little differently here and there. And for me, the certification wasn't important, because A, it's a business model. And B, I was as a coach, I just already saw that I was creating stuff and it allowed me to use my creativity and my life experience. And most coaches who go through training, it then takes them a few years after all their training to find it. And I wanted to close the gap. Mm. Um, So that's kind of where I stepped into my leadership role of coaching coaches was let me show you what, that you already have it. And that's like my superpowers. I can see, I can see what it is and and pull it out of people.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, two things that I really want to highlight because, I mean, your story is is so inspiring, but the fact that you see leadership is really asking others for help. This Mm -hmm. is so monumental because I oftentimes, you know, there's this um, idea that to ask for help makes us weak. But I think strong leadership is knowing where your strengths are and recognizing where other people's strengths are and seeing how you can both benefit one another. Yeah, totally. And you asking for help, I mean, it just demonstrates that so perfectly because you're like, hey, I need some help here. This is not my zone of genius. (laughs) So standing in my leadership, I have a dream. I want to see it realized and I need somebody to come in and help me make this happen. And that I can guarantee you probably helped launch a lot of things a lot quicker versus trying to figure them out all on your own. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard lesson. It isn't
1: something that I did um, right away. I mean, it took me a long time to get there. So hopefully Mm -hmm. those that you're listening you'll get there sooner. I, you know, um, yeah. Cause I was always very strong and I had to do it myself mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, you know, and the control thing and oh, all yeah. that stuff, right. Being perfect and all that kind of stuff.
0: So yeah. for
1: me, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just feel that, um, When you know what you're good at, when you know where you shine, it makes it a lot easier. And a lot of people go through coach training programs, whether it's health coaching or this coaching or that coaching, and then they get put in the butt, you know, it's, it's just like, they're not really looking at their zone of genius, like you Mm -hmm. said, and they're not really looking at where they shine. And it's like, then you're just becoming a carbon copy or is that right? A carbon copy or like a, like a cookie cutter and and then you get out there and you're like well what am i supposed to do and it's like yeah, well, what you're supposed to do is all within who you are and your strengths, and yes. looking at what you do well so that you can see. I mean, you and I spoke about this when we first talked,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: loved that you were like, "Yep, I was a therapist," and you had a tr- you had a shift.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: to me, coaching is the evolution of therapy because yes. you have Martha Beck was a therapist, you have Gay Hendricks was a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with the human condition and behavior and that's the thing is as a coach you're helping people change behavior you're helping them do a lot of things that are under that therapy umbrella it's just that then there's action oriented it's just focused in another direction mm-hmm. and you're not analyzing it's not about analyzing it's about you know accepting looking at it and Using tools because there's a lot of great stuff in the therapy world uh, mm-hmm. that I use as a coach. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. like Amago therapy to listen, you know, the different things like that. So sure. I feel that um, stepping into leadership is being able to definitely know what you're good at, to laugh at yourself, which isn't mm-hmm. always easy, and oh, yeah. to not and not have to do it all yes. because it's just going to be stressful and suck, you know, even if yes. you have to barter, you know what I mean? Because it's like when bartering does work out, like if you're mm-hmm. starting out, if you barter with someone who's good at a tech thing and you're not, you, you just want to be smart and
0: strategic with how you use your time and your energy. I totally agree. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I have realized more and more, um, you know, the longer I'm in business and the longer I'm just on this planet, <laughs> really, is that trying to do it all is not a way for me to have it all. And yeah. I can only do so much. So, really bringing in other people where it's their, like, this is their thing. This is where they really shine. It helps yeah. me shine even brighter because I'm not trying to step into their role and struggle with it. I'm letting them, I'm giving them a space for them to shine too. So, it, it ends up being a really, I think, Uh, interdynamic kind of process when we can really allow other people to step up and serve in the way that they're here to serve so we can do the same. So I I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big piece just for for women as a whole. Uh, It's really Mm -hmm. where you're putting your energy. Uh, The other thing that I think is incredibly important about your story is learning to embrace uncertainty because this comes up in my group programs like every single time. It's like clockwork. We get about halfway through and we come up with this uncertainty piece of not knowing how to cope with uncertainty, not knowing how to lean into it. How do we befriend uncertainty? So I would love to know how you warmed up to this, especially yeah. needing to control, because I'm the same way. <laughs> and leaning yeah. in, it gave me a lot of freedom. I'm just saying, oh my gosh, I don't have to have it all figured out. <laughs> you know, it's just
1: kind of, who I am as a person, and I feel that my connection with uncertainty, and it's not to sound like a snot, is because of how my upbringing was so uncertain.
2: Mm. I
1: just was prepared to survive in that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if my brother was going to come home and beat me up. I didn't know Mm -hmm. if there was, I mean, I had to steal food to eat at a certain point of my life as a child, um, you know, under the age of 13. So for me, it was just, a lot of it, I had a lot of it coming into the world. And the interesting thing is, I'm okay with uncertainty. Know thyself. I'm okay with uncertainty in my work because I change it because I need the variety. Uncertainty is variety. Mm -hmm. That's what uncertainty is. It's like, it's just variety. It's not knowing. So you control what you can control. So very. When I was pregnant and having my baby, everyone was like, you have to let go. You're not in control. And I was like, well, yeah, I am. You know, like I, I can be in control of certain things. And then I wasn't. And I so much came up. And for me is one of the things that I do is I love and forgive the part of me that needs to be in control. Mm-hmm. Right? I love and forgive the part of me that doesn't like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I love and forget. You know, it's the love and forgiveness. Is really it? And then I always ask myself when I'm dealing with uncertainty, is this present right now? Is the uncertainty that I'm experiencing about now or how old am I right now? Mm -hmm. No, it's the uncertainty of something. It's from the past. So that's the way that you can look at it. Is it in present time? And where where are you okay with uncertainty and where are you not okay with it? And you want to look at that and then practice uncertainty. You know, mm-hmm. maybe go to a restaurant and let them, let the, let the waiter pick your meal. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like put yourself in a place where you can not know yes. and create that for yourself. Um, I am married. I've always been, I've been in a lot of relationships. All mm-hmm. of the men that I've been with, pretty much all of them, their parents were still married came it came from a solid home
2: mm-hmm. they were
1: complete and it wasn't conscious it was subconscious yeah so my upbringing and my life experience only then had me look for the certainty in my relationships you I know' mean, mm-hmm. be married ten years this year mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, it's not that I can handle uncertainty everywhere, <laughs> There's <like laughs> things that I don't like, I, you know, if I don't know where I'm going, I used to freak out before there were GPSs. Right. If I didn't know, if I got lost, I would have severe anxiety not knowing where I was going
2: mm-hmm. because I
1: wasn't in control. So it's really knowing where you're okay with uncertainty and yeah. where you're not. And then trip your and then play with it. See where you can bring it in. So maybe it's like something that I do with my clients is we do this whole thing, which is um, uh, what do I call it? Now I can't remember it. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically I just sounded so Jewish when I did that it was so funny. <laughs> um, is that we did this whole thing of a, it's a self care compass. And so what I have them do is tell me, you know, how do they want to feel in their life? What are the activities that help them like self-care? And Mm -hmm. then what we'll do is put one on a card every day, like an angel card, Mm
2: -hmm. and then
1: they pick one a day. So they don't know it's randomly, they might pick Mm -hmm. yoga and that means that day they're going to do yoga. Mm -hmm. So it's creating adventure and uncertainty because a lot of us can handle uncertainty when we travel. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do, but many of us can't. They need to have, you need to have a schedule. So one of the things you can do is find where you can create some healthy uncertainty that doesn't cause anxiety so that you can then start to be more comfortable with it. So that's my tip on that.
0: No, I think that's fabulous. And I think, you know, I'd love to talk about the benefits of really playing with uncertainty because I think it opens us up a whole lot more to opportunities that we might not have been aware of. Um, it allows us to experience our lives in a much more fuller way because we're just kind of open. We're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm I'm open to seeing what comes from this. Um, it lessens our expectations of things sometimes, which really allows a lot more freedom for like, you know creative shifts, for instance. But the, the well, thing- it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead.
0: I just got excited. No, I love excitement.
1: And <laughs> um, You know, uncertainty is one of those things of trusting that things are going to work out yes. and it's trust, you know, it's really trust in the unknown and the unseen. And yes, it's great to have visioning and it's great to meditate and it's great to do all those things. Um, Recently, when I was just traveling, um, on the way home, our seats, uh, we were traveling uh, like a 13, 14, 15 hour trip with a toddler. Mm -hmm. My husband booked two seats, middle (laughs) seats, two rows away from each other from economy plus because there's are more room, yeah. the airline said, just book the two tickets and we'll make sure we put you next to each other. Because we were with an airline called El Al, it's an Israeli airline, mm-hmm. and they make sure that families travel together. So my husband went along and did it. Now, we called and nobody helped us the day that we were gonna leave, all this stuff happened. We got to the airport, there's nothing they could do. Totally booked flight. Right. So here we are about to do a 15 hour flight I'm sitting in the middle seat, he's two seats behind me. Um, I'm going, how is this going to happen? And my, it's funny, my father-in-law, who's 90 years old said, it's all going to work out. (laughs) And we were so stressed and blinded and like exhausted as new parents are, Mm -hmm. and just from traveling and everything. And I was doing my meditation and my visualizing, it's going to work out, it's going to work out, got to the airport but nothing was happening. Like we just felt like we lost our manifest manifestation mojo. Yeah. And, and then we just had to let it go. We had to let it go and just say, it's going to work out. The airline's not going to do anything. We're going to sit in our seats. Something's going to happen. That's going to work for us. Mm-hmm. So I sit, husband sits down. I'm this couple. Now I was sitting in a middle seat between a husband and wife with a baby. So Ugh. they were gambling. They were gambling that somebody wouldn't sit in that middle seat. Right. So they basically booked the window and the aisle seat, right? Mm-hmm. So then I'm sitting in the middle. My husband's two rows behind me.
2: Yeah.
1: And I, then my husband came over and was talking with them. And, and we were like, oh, wow, well, would you be okay with me moving? Well, they said, well, you can sit in the middle or sit by the window. They weren't giving up the aisle because it was a really good seat because there was no one in front of her. So my husband said, just move. And so I moved. So, you know, we're hanging out, we're hanging out, the plane doesn't go off yet. And then all of a sudden, my husband, the person he was sitting, he was sitting next to two people, one woman next to him said, well, why don't you, um, because I moved to the window, why don't you ask the guy sitting next to you at the window to switch with your wife? Mm. So he was like, awesome. So the guy moved. So it all worked out. I ended yes. up sitting with my husband, we sat together, we traveled together. The woman next to us was amazing. And we just had to be, it, it was a test for us with uncertainty. And honestly, that wasn't a place that we felt comfortable with uncertainty. And now what sure. we looked at each other was, you know what, we have to let go of the stress because it didn't help us. Not, it didn't add to, it just made it more uncomfortable and not a good way. Like a good uncomfortable is we have to trust that it's going to work out yeah. that, that, you know, and that means trusting too. in humanity. Yeah. I, we have yeah. to trust in other people. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Absolutely. yeah. So it's, it's uncertainty is a great play and um, it's, it's something that we have opportunities every day to be comfortable with it and just go, okay, you know, I, I can't control what I can't control. So I got to let that go.
0: Well, I love the practice of like creating healthy uncertainty though. I, yeah. I mean, I really, really do love that because I think sometimes, like, we just we can become so rigid, and the more flexible we are, like, the more we tend to like move with life, <laughs> and it just feels it has a lot more ease to it to kind of be yeah. well than to for things ha- to have to be a certain way or on a certain time frame. And I think for you know entrepreneurs especially, we can get caught up in the time frame really easily, like. By this mm-hmm. time, I'm going to be here. and maybe be making this much. I'm going to have this many clients. And it's great to set those goals because it motivates us to reach them. But it, oftentimes, if things don't work out exactly right, I think we can oftentimes discredit all of the forward momentum that we've taken to, to getting to where we mm-hmm. are, even if it's not where we want to be. So, yeah, totally. I, mean, I think that's just kind of part of like keeping a positive mindset of keep of just having some perspective of being flexible and still doing everything in your power <laughs> yeah to totally goals, right? <laughs> so if you were to leave some some women with some tips on how to step into their personal leadership step into their power what are some of the things that you might share uh, huh,
1: other than what we already talked about today <laughs>
0: Is there any little nugget that's come up for you recently that's kind of just, and like, you know, that was, I've come a long way with that.
1: Well, the uncertainty piece, you know, Mm. that's really one of the things is to trust, you know, it's a big thing is trusting in that things are going to work out and that you don't have to control it and that you don't, you know, and sometimes when you get into efforting, the effort pushes it away. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of chasing your dreams because when I chase my dog, she runs away. Right. So chasing after things to me is really doesn't work. And it's about acceptance and enjoyment and amusement and having fun. Mm -hmm. And then noticing when things aren't happening in the way that you would like them to happen, asking yourself if you are Allowing yourself to have it. Going from a place of having as opposed to wanting. Ooh. Right? Because wanting, one wanting one means that you're lacking. That's a big thing that I've learned recently and have been looking at is I want, I want, I want, right? That mm-hmm. means I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I'm mm-hmm. lacking. So if I give myself permission to have a six-figure launch, if I give myself permission to have Clients. If I give myself permission to have um, a challenging day, if I give myself permission to, you know, have success or give myself permission to have what might not seem to be the kind of success, like as opposed to having 150 people show up to your webinar, giving yourself permission to have 10 people show up mm-hmm. and really celebrating that because that is no small feat because people took their time to be with you. So it's focusing on what we have and what we are allowing ourselves to have. That's a big thing I talk about in my work and in my program is what is called having this. Mm -hmm. It's not in any book. You're not going to find it. Uh, It's allowing ourselves to have because wanting is just that energy is lack. And I I write about that. I've written about this quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, that would kind of be what I would shed is on you is that you're doing a great job, validate yourself, focus on what you're allowing yourself to have. That means having uncertainty, having no control, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and, and letting go. I mean, I know what that's like. I mean, I'm in, I'm out there doing my thing just alongside with all of you guys mm-hmm. and, I'm. Um, there are people who I'm a few steps ahead of, and then there are people who might have, you know, started later and have greater success, quote, greater success, financial, whatever, than I do. And just let yourself be where you are and know that your accomplishments and what you're creating is not you. That's my last nugget. Mm. You are not your accomplishments. You are not your bank account. You are not your job. You're not any of that. Yeah. You are not that. And so when you can see that you are that miracle and the blessing and you have this great opportunity to be in a body and have this life and you can enjoy the ups and the downs and everything that comes with it, then you're going to have a full life Mm. because everyone experiences everything, you know, like supermodels get diarrhea. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I (laughs) just remind myself is they throw up and they get sick and the people that we put on pedestals you know what? Like they have this they they're human beings too. Yes. So, you know, that that's what I have to share with you guys. You I know, and, and if you wisdom,
0: have wisdom girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks.
1: And if you do, you know, have a calling and you have something that you're curious about looking at, you know, or exploring in your life like I did as a coach, you know, it's like I really want to get into this coaching thing. I want more out of life. Mm-hmm. I really want to help people. You know, just like you went from therapist to coaching. Yeah. You wanted do something different. You followed that part of you that wanted something different, that Mm -hmm. wanted something more, or, you know, it's follow that. Because there might be people around you that don't agree. Us having this conversation and this podcast is so you can be encouraged to do it because you will find your people that are on that path with you. And just because your life doesn't look perfect or you don't have it all figured out doesn't mean that you're not in a position to mentor, to coach, or to do whatever it is that you're called to do, because everyone's figuring it out and making it up and doing that. It's just that they just are more comfortable with it, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, than maybe you are right now, meaning, you know, you as the listener. And I always remind myself that not everyone has it all figured They don't have it all figured out. We don't, right. because <laughs> at the end of the day, At the end of the day, we all have our expiration date. You know, we all have the time that we'll no longer be in a body, not to get morbid on you, but that might be a huge motivation for you. You know, it's a lot of times people have their bucket list because, you know, they want to make sure that they get to experience what they get to experience. So whether that's your career or whether that's personal or whatever that is, you know, allowing yourself to live your life to the fullest and knowing what that means for you. Defining that for yourself, not based on what somebody else has or what somebody else is telling you it needs to be. Uh, so that's stepping into that. your leadership.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, and I love, I love that you broke down the wanting versus having. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that because I think it's a beautiful reframe for sure. That's something that I, even I'm going to take away from this podcast episode. <laughs> Of of really just embracing that because I do think, I mean, you're so right. The wanting energy is, it's just that we don't have it yet. (laughs) So what Mm -hmm. can we give ourselves permission to have and what can we give ourselves permission to open for? What can we give ourselves permission to receive? Um, It's such a different energy to be working from. So Mm -hmm. beautiful words of wisdom, girl. I'm I'm just so thankful for you coming on the podcast and sharing your journey and sharing these tips with our listeners. So thank you for being here. Oh, wow. Thank you so much.
1: It's been really awesome. You're so awesome. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here.
0: And yeah. Well, to all of our listeners, thank you for sharing this space with Hillary and I. We will see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses, all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.